shining a beacon on the bazaar. bird life on uh, Kraken Cove Island now so I'm going to have to go across the other side of the island to uh, to the to the, the lovely bay where all the uh, all the bird life the migratory birds come in oh it's a lovely time of year I do like the bird count yeah have you got your bird book yep got it here got my pencil eraser and everything oh you're all prepared right I've got I've got my binoculars right and so we'll head off over there now Ah, here we are, right, let's make sure we wanna, don't want to be seen, we want to yeah, be subtle. Yeah, I'm so. sucked down, arcing them all down into yeah. grass, yeah. Yeah, that's it, settling a bit, nice bit of soft heather. Right, I'll get my binoculars out and yeah. I'll start having a look, right. Are you ready with bird book? Yep, got it open, mate. Right, cool. Now, let's see what I can see. Ah. There's a, there's a booby down there. No, two, two boobies. Two boobies, right. two boobies, yeah. Um, check. Oh, there's a lovely pair of tits. Right, tits, mm. uh, check. Oh, yep, there's a shag. Oh, Some right. shag. Yep. Right, let me go up, turn the page. Yep, got it. Tick, shag. What's that down there? Oh, it's a cock. Oh. Is that what I don't know what type. Black. It's black cock. Black cock? Right. Tick. Yeah, you seen that. Mm. Oh. Oh, there's Pete. Pete? What's a Pete? What are you on about? Well, what do you mean? What kind of birds are Pete? I've not seen any birds yet. Well, what have you been, what have I been ticking off birds? What have you been looking at? Oh, I've just noticed down there it's uh, Kraken Cove's dogging hotspot. Let me have a look. What? Oh. <laughs> look at that. It's going on like mad down there. Do you want oh, to go binoculars? They're at, they're at it like now. <laughs> binoculars. Oh, what's Pete? Jesus. He's, why is it all grey and... Oh, oh. how big it is. <laughs> oh. Horrible, that, isn't it? Oi, Pete, go and piss off. You dirty git. Oh, God. Look robots. Are they all pulling in robots? And That's what they do. You can't other. drive. There's no roads here. That's what they do. They're just oh. pulling in and have a go at each other. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing Johnny's back, you dirty get. That's the worst part about oh, it. Oh, Johnny's on beach. Oh. I hate Johnny. You don't think jellyfish and all that, but no, they're all Johnny's. <laughs> oh, seagulls pecking oh. at him and all sorts. Oh, that would disappoint him, wouldn't it? You know what I mean? Epic fail there. Yeah, epic kid. fail, yeah, we, we, that would ruined it. So, anyway, anyway, here we are at Kraken Cove, the <laughs> podcast that shines a beacon onto the bizarre. It surely is. And I'm Matt. And I'm Benny. So, we're going to get some stories for you here which are cleaner, much cleaner. Oh, please, than the, that's the, the filth. Ditty, ditty things that <laughs> are going on on the beaches of Kraken Cove at times. Oh, oh, look at them all pulling away now. They're all, they're all in boats. Shame, shame on you. Shame on you. It's still like quite a nice spot here, regardless yeah, of that. Yeah, just chill here for a bit. Yeah, let's do that. I've got a little hip flask here. Oh, lovely. lovely. What's in it? Oh, what's in it? Tizer. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, there's a little sip. <laughs> Sugary goodness. <laughs> and let's get cracking. <laughs> First boat out of the harbour today. Ooh. Got a bit of a. This is a story I've been interested in for really a long, long time. I, I got a little bit obsessed with it, to be honest. Oh, <laughs> oh it sounds juicy. Uh, it? Are you aware of the Somerton Man? The Somerton Man. Yeah. What is it like one of them peak down mans or what? what is it? No, that's a good shout. Yeah. Well, it's good now. No, it's not. It's what it was. It's, um, 
So what it was, it was there was a, a man's body was found on 1st of December in 1948 on Somerton Beach in the South Australian city of Adelaide. And he was sort of propped up against a seawall in a shirt and tie. He was quite smartly dressed and all this sort of stuff, right? But he had nothing in his pockets to identify it. So it's even things like the labels out of his shirts have been removed. This rings a bell, it really yeah. does. But go on, yeah. And it's, it's an amazing mystery because they looked into sort of like loads of these little details and stuff like this that he had. And what year? Sorry, just one more year. Um, he, it was uh, 1st of December 1948, but it's in that, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, but it was, it was on Summerton Beach. And it's Australian, so it's warm, it wasn't, yeah, it yeah. wasn't cold, you know what I mean? But he had. Um, he had in his pockets, he had various little bits and bats, little clues and things. He actually found his luggage eventually in like a storage locker. I have, because I've seen his luggage. Yeah, I do yeah. know a bit about this, but yeah. He had weird little tools, sort of things like sharpened, like a sharpened piece of scissors and stuff like this. He had little things which was a bit odd, yeah, you know. Like could point to a trade, but we don't know what. Yeah, that's it. And he, had, he had certain like genetic characteristics as well. I think it was something like he didn't have any earlobes or something Ooh, like this. Wow. There was weird little things yeah. that he had. Uh, and... There were just oddities about him, which they couldn't kind of sort of like pinpoint. Yeah, just, yeah. But because it was wasn't missed, it was not registered missing by anybody. Yeah. They don't know where he came from. They don't know who he was going to see. They don't know what he was doing on that beach. They don't yeah. know how he died. It was everything about it was just mystery upon yeah, mystery upon mystery. You know, yeah. But one of the most interesting things they had on him, right, was uh, pages of paper with incoherent writing on it which is code which was code wow which they couldn't crack nobody's been able to crack it they don't know what this code is or what these pieces of paper said but he also had a a, a scrap of paper with the far side words tamam should uh, or it's finished printed on it right he had this tucked in the corner of his paper right so this this came from a very particular sort of ancient book of poetry but this particular piece of paper from the that said tamam should uh, it was taken from a, uh, a 12th century poetry book. Oh, you know, it's, it's reprinted, but it's by a poet called Omar Khayyam, right? And it's known as the Rubaiyat of Omar Khayyam, is this book. Right, yeah. But it was it was a weird copy. It was almost like a super, super, super rare copy of this particular book as well. Yeah. And I think, I think they found that copy eventually. Wow. Or a copy just like it. Uh, and it was discarded in the back of a car. So somebody had come to the car and we're going to get in it. And they found, hey, well, there's a book in the back here. What's this? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was this book. So these, these odd little mysteries. You know. I remember hearing something like they needed that book to try do the cipher. Because yeah. obviously, you know, the pages of it, if you've got the pages of that and that correct copy of the book, it might, you know, like when yeah. you look, so, you know, if you know how to read that's it. it. I, think, I think that's what that's correct, is that, you know. So they, they never managed to work it out, you know, this, this particular puzzle. But there was, I think there was a nurse was actually um, lived in that area mm. and she uh, where, where the body was found yeah. and I don't know how they worked out the connection but I think he oh, I think he had her address written on him or something like yeah, that he yeah. actually found like you know this address on, on, on it and they've approached her and she's oh, I don't know anything about him not aware at all don't know no 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 mm-hmm. but she if I remember rightly she had a son yeah. or, or you know she had, she had kids but I don't think they know who the father was, or if it was kind of she kept it quiet, who the father was. Mm. So thinking he might actually have been the father yeah. of her child, but she's denying it, you know. Yeah. But anyway, what the, the reason we're, we're going through all this waffle now, right, <laughs> is because they've decided they're going to exhume the body. So this is a BBC story, is this? So there's some man they don't know who he is, they thought he might be like a Cold War spy or a rejected lover, right? 
So what's happening now is, uh, on Wednesday, crews began digging at the gravesite, with local media outlet Nine News reporting initial efforts had moved more slowly than expected due to dense clay and uncertainty as to whether the man had been buried in a coffin. Oh, or just chucked in. So I don't know, might just wrapped him in cloth and popped him in the grave, yeah. which is a bit grim, isn't it, you yeah. know? So, according to the ABC News, a wooden spatula and a brush were used to carefully exhume the remains, which were then placed in a new coffin before being taken away to a forensic science centre. And accessing the man's remains may be the first step in the process to build a DNA profile and uncover the answers to one of the country's most famous cold cases. Mm -hmm. So, I find that pretty interesting. Yeah, you know. So the authorities said if sufficient DNA evidence can be obtained, they will attempt to identify the man and where he came from. Because they already sort of like worked on certain aspects of it already, from evidence, some, some DNA stuff that they had already, but it's, it was so basic, you yeah, know, yeah. but now they need some, a good sample, you know. One of these balls. <laughs> <laughs> That's like just, a of, just a big knacker. That's all the vibe. Got it. Oh, just chuck him all back in, fit in all, you it's know. Like you open up a Scotch egg, you're like, great. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> bit raisiny, though. You know oh, what I mean? man. But what sparked the interest? Why suddenly? Is it just because of the DNA? They're thinking, well, we're onto somewhere here. Yeah. We need, to, we need a knacker just to go forward more. Well, actually, what I've heard is there's, um, there's a lot of cold cases in Australia that they don't. They've got like a bit more of a policy of not giving up on cold cases. Right. Yeah. So what they're trying to do is it's all part of that backlog of looking into things. Yeah, yeah. And I think what they have is they have almost like a a, a, a system in place so that when, for example, uh, the the uh, forensics is better, good enough now, yeah. almost like a bit of a warning triggers this. Right. Well, I think we can revisit this now because we can oh, use yeah. this evidence to find out what this is. They don't just leave it on the back burner anymore. Well, a country full of criminals. They need to get. <laughs> Put another shrimp on, Bruce. <laughs> well, that's an entire hemisphere area, nigga. I couldn't help it. I went to Australia and it's a lovely place. Really enjoyed it. <laughs> I like the schooner as well. You know the schooners. You know, instead yeah. of that, a pint gets flat, doesn't it to be before bottom? It goes yeah, all nasty that's... like piss. <laughs> but a nice schooner of beer, it will love oh, that. That's where to do it. Those weird arcade games. Those, I can't get bored. Oh, what's the what pokies are some. Games, I didn't yeah. get a fucking clue what to do on those things. You know, they, they love them, they're everywhere. you got a toilet, they're in there. Everywhere. What do you do? What is it? I ain't got a fucking clue. You put your money in and lose, that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> Loads of flashing lights. I mean, more flat. You could go epi on there, mate, honestly. You could go epi! <laughs> Uh, big shout out to our uh, epileptic listeners. <laughs> <laughs> epileptic Australians, how are you doing, guys? <laughs> no, but another th weird thing with the Australians, apparently, that somebody's telling me is that they go barefoot everywhere. They don't like shoes. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. it's like from the Aborigine kind of bit, a load of people. Yeah, really? is that what it is? Well, only someone that, that uh, the old um, the old Mills on docks. <laughs> he came back from Australia. Remember that big chubby one with curly hair? And he, well, he came into work with bare feet. You know, big oh, I know you mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he got really fat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> how fat he became! It unbelievable. Yeah. You see, all like all egg off of the people's plate. You know, before he got Ugh. scraped in, he just kind of do it as a joke. Like, oh no! But you can just tell oh, he was just filling up. <laughs> What a greedy bastard. <laughs> Horrible. And even though his little fat sausage feet out. Exactly, they're all black and nasty. I just think, oh, oh. fair do. Get some flip-flops on, you know what yeah, I mean? I, look, I don't like socks, I don't like shoes, but I like my flip-flops, you know Yeah. I mean? 
Flippity yeah. So I'm hoping they do find back to the summit and man though. I think I'm hoping back there and also I hope they find out who he is and what's happening. Yeah. So I I'm still say spy network. When I looked at that nurse knew more, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, that you don't get codes and weird addition books no. just for the jollies, do you? You know what I mean? So what we'll do is in the next week or two I'll go because we might find a bit more information and if that's the case, so we're just giving it maybe it's a teaser, we'll use this as a teaser yeah, some, yeah. Summit and Man we'll stuff we're gonna up, cover yeah. we'll, we'll cover it as a as a case. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we'll look at all the other pop-up... Um, we'll look at the evidence and make our own minds up. Yeah, well, <laughs> the thing is, by then, it might not need to make our own minds yeah, It might be the case of the, yeah. say, who he is and where he's come from and what he's, what we, yeah, we're all about. It might just suddenly all come out. Yeah. So that'd be a good thing. Yeah. Great well, stuff. Look forward to it. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Before, a bit of a weird advice, but it's kind of stuck with me. Is this about like the COVID, which is saying, for God's sake, don't get on a ventilator because you'll never come off. That's what I've heard <laughs> on the grapevine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do anything you can, don't go, get on the ventilator. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. terrifying, isn't it? It is. Um, yeah, but it makes sense to you know, you, It's took over the uh, running of the machine of your body, hasn't it? And maybe you will. Well, it could be. I mean, that's that's the thing. But there's there's another possibility of a ventilator has been created. Right, a different type of ventilator, and rarely it says this is for um, Cosmos magazine from Deborah Davis on Devis. Right, and it's saying rarely is COVID 19 the butt of jokes, but new research on bum breathing could point to a new avenue for oxygen ventilators oh, the rectum. Oh no. <laughs> So the bizarre concept came about because of some animals, such as sea cucumbers and catfish, and they breathe through their intestines. But we don't! <laughs> but it has previously been unclear whether mammals also have this ability. <laughs> Should we know that Henry Hoover up here? <laughs> <laughs> I fell over backwards onto it. When yeah. I, I Wheeling it into hospital. Yeah, that. that's it. You won't believe this, but I'm going to give it a go. <laughs> All started when? <laughs> so a team led by Rayo Okabe of Kyoto University delivered oxygen to the rectums of mice, rats and pigs. Dirty bastard. <laughs> Just breathing on them. Yeah. <laughs> Just blowing up their asses. <laughs> With a technique called enteral ventilation, right? Or EVA, which it doesn't sound for that. It's, it's EV. Yeah. They're calling it EVA. They found that all animals tested could last longer and perform better in low oxygen conditions, suggesting there could be merit to investigate the technique for humans in respiratory distress. So what they're saying, if your lungs aren't working, you might be able and you know you're struggling, piping oxygen up your arsehole. Surely that can't work. With your intestines going for miles, you know, it's a really long tube and it yeah. pushes you. You think, <clears> how <throat> can it blow up there? Or lumps it way and that. <laughs> oh, lumps! Or sweet corn. I don't know whether they do some sort of clean out first. How does it get to your lungs? That's, that's I don't think it gets to your lungs. All oh, right, so your body's just... It, it's the intestinal tract can breathe. Wow. That's what so they're saying. All right, yeah. 
or it can absorb oxygen you can oxygenate Ooh. you know but then again there's a lot of stuff like that you see because if you think it's processing it, it's obviously absorbent and porous because you're absorbing nutrients through it yeah so what the, it must be in the the idea that there's oxygen also can be sort of through these sort of sensitive membranes it can also absorb oh, oxygen too you know yeah. But what they have found as well, they've found in certain areas like that, all on your intestines, all on your guts and stuff like that, they found uh, brain cells. No way. Yeah, there's brain cells all, all around there. Wow. So when you're talking like a gut instinct, <sighs> it, it is actually it's a part of your body. Is This thought process is going on in other parts of your body than just your in brain. In yeah, no, Well, not actually in the whole. <laughs> 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 you can have a chat to it or something. <laughs> oh, cool. What are you talking to yourself? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I think it's it's basically almost like decisions in other parts of the body of obviously yeah, yeah. sort of like firing off messages to the actual big boss of the brain. You yeah. know. Eat the bag of crisps. <laughs> <laughs> More pie. Yes. <laughs> so that's what's happening here. So they're, they're, what they've decided is they're sort of like um, whenever people are breathing distress, they're going to pump these ventilations, these vents up their arses. Very very resting. They're saying that the, the level of arterial oxygenation provided by our ventilation system, if scaled for human application, is likely sufficient to treat patients with severe respiratory failure. And they said, um, the experiment involved providing pure oxygen to mice through their rectum, and 75% of those mice survived at least 50 minutes longer in lethally low oxygen conditions wow right this is uh something that's it there's, there's definitely something in it you know like so having these vents pumping oxygen up their arse right uh, pigs walked further into a chamber with only 10 percent oxygen in it right you wouldn't have made it otherwise you just yeah, you completely yeah, collapsed and starved yeah so uh, and it also reversed um skin power and coldness so it's obviously basically just sort of like it's absolutely boosted the entire system of these pigs, mice, and stuff like that. But so they're gonna—I mean, let's face it—they're saying they're not—they've probably done it already to people, haven't they? Yeah, but imagine just doing it with pigs. Watching a pig walk in a room with no air. Oh, that was down. That was down. Shove some of his ass. Oh, it's going a bit further. Now it's down. Yeah. You know what a grim what job that is. Shit, work. That, that is. is. <laughs> Got on well. One lived love. Oh, it's been about three hundred pigs this week. I know, but you know what I've been doing. What I've been coming up. I give isn't wrong with this love what is it dead pig yeah <laughs> doing yeah it. You know. why do we pick starting with rats and mice didn't they and yeah. i thought oh this isn't any fun yeah. why did we pick a tasty animal <laughs> <laughs> everybody nicks from work <laughs> i don't mr t <laughs> <laughs> but yes <laughs> Why were I sitting on these lovely deck chairs? Here? Yeah. <laughs> lovely bit of rat up. Where'd you get where'd you get that where'd you get that fountain in corner? <laughs> but yeah, so it's uh, so yes, yeah, so what do you think? Would you if you're in uh, in some oxygen distress and someone's coming with a nasty pipe? Oh my god, you'd have to, wouldn't you? I'm, I'm, oh god. I wonder how far up it goes. Oh Wayne. Wonder what shit like <laughs> oh. ribbed for his pleasure. <laughs> Oh man! Coming back, going, oh, I've got COVID again. Can't yeah. breathe. <laughs> Getting right into it. <laughs> Don't tell me one more day. One more day. Deeper. I'm really for the springtime when we take the road once more for the planting and the purling and the berry fields of blur. We'll meet up with our kinfolk 
from all the world around when the gang of bird folk take the road and yellows on the broom when yellows on the broom when yellows on the broom and I'll get you on the road again when yellows on the broom we're going to head to the art world now. Mm. A little bit, little bit of art talk for you. Leo. This yeah. is a, this a is bit of culture. A bit of culture, mate. Oh, that's that. it, you know. And it's uh, this is from Gordon Deegan for the Irish Examiner, you know. Mm. And um, what they're talking about is there's a controversial artwork called The Puka of Any Stimmon, right? <laughs> and it's there's, there's, it's like a sculpture that yeah. was being commissioned. So what's happened is the creator of the controversial Puka of Any Stimmon said on Thursday the artwork is the best thing that he's ever done. And he's described the condemnation by a priest uh, as Father Ted kind of stuff, right? So this, this, <laughs> this sounds interesting. It's yeah. not the priest proper, is it? Or priests in general, yeah. like. That's it. So it's like, but, so what's happened is um, the Dublin based artist called Aidan Hart said if the people of Ennistimon don't get this, I believe it will be a missed opportunity for the town. Where? Uh, Ennistimon. Where is uh, that? That's in, in Ireland. It's oh, Irish, yeah. This is an Irish story, as you see. So what happened is, uh, we were, Mr Hart was speaking four days uh, after Clare County Council announced that a 30,000 euro project to build this is going to commit a 30,000 euro. Wow. I mean, that's a lot of money, isn't it, for a piece of art, yeah, you know. Yeah. And it's been paused after a local backlash against the plan. And the opposition against the bronze two metre high puka even involved local parish priest, now get this, Father Willie Cummings. Oh, <laughs> again. And he denounced the planned puka from the altar at Mass last Sunday, describing it as sinister. Oh. Now, would you like oh, to see the sculpture? No, I need to see the sculpture. Right. Get your head around that. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is going on there? A puka? Yeah. My God. God, that's horrible. What's hanging out of its ass? <laughs> I don't know. Is that his tail? I have no idea. God, that is dis- Do you want to describe what you're looking at? Well, <laughs> the artist looking on right proud about what he's done. But there's his massive horse's head with big chompers. Then he's got like his muscly, horrible, humanish body, but you know, it's all like caricatured up. And then there's something big hanging out of its ass. <laughs> oh, that. Why would. Who would pay for that? <laughs> Stupid, isn't it? There's nothing arty about that at all. That's just silly, is that? Kippers on it, look at feet. Stupid. Not even oofs. It might be a woolly little tail. I don't know if it's a woolly little tail or something. I think his intestines hanging out of his ass. It does look right, though, does it? So Mr Hart said on Thursday, Up until now, there has been an organised minority that have been protesting against it, but now more voices are speaking up and we'll see how the chips fall. And the artist claimed that there are a hell of a lot of people from Clare saying that it's great. Come on, mate. Oh, <laughs> why? And uh, Mr. Hart described the intervention by Father Cummings <laughs> from the altar last Sunday as Father Ted Stuff. And he said, I didn't think they did denunciations from the altar anymore. And in a tweet, comedian Dara O'Brien has described Father Cummings' response to the pucker as hilarious in many ways, but also, dis- also depressing, right? Uh, O'Brien has purchased a sculpture from Mr. Hart in the past. Right. So he's got one of them, yeah. he's got one of these. And he says, Aidan Hart does amazing work, including this rendering of a Celtic shape-changing spirit. And that's oh, what a book right. it is. 
So you know it's. Um, but it could be all gothy and evil, you know. Really, like it just looks like a comedy show, don't it? Does, it, doesn't it? it looks ridiculous, you know. So puka, which means spirit or ghost, is primarily a creature of Celtic folklore. It was considered a bringer of both good and bad fortune. And the puka was said to be shape changers, which could take on the appearances of horses, dogs, or cats. So I, I mean, it's a, it's a bit of a funny thing. I mean, it, it, Mr. Hart's already said that he's, he's, he's had the first of three installments of the payments for it. So he's had ten grand for it already for this book, and it's all it's all finished really. It's ready to rumble, is this? And it is actually a fine piece of work, but it's mm. mental. It's just shit, though. You know, he could have <laughs> done it like more. Arty, you know what I mean? It's like a caricature, doesn't it? It does it's look really ridiculous. Yeah. Badly proportioned, isn't that? Yeah. He's got all the tools there to make it cool as hell, doesn't it? You I know, can... spirit animal and Irish spirit animals, and that's it. It's shapeshifters. I can honestly say, with things like this, if if, if I saw that in the middle of the uh, middle of the town centre anyway, I would piss myself. Like yeah, that. I would. I'd topple it over like those racist ones, <laughs> <laughs> just for being what? shit. Wow. <laughs> Drag it into Arbor. Well, it's a funny thing because obviously all art is objective and sort of things like this, you know. Yeah. And I think I, I I I am forced to agree that I think it looks a bit shit. Yeah, it looks yeah. mental. But at the same time, I do support. I'm a big support of arts. Yeah, you know, and I think well, it, things it, like that. Really. But I think he. I can see two both sides of the story now, you know what I mean? But to call him for the religious sort of facts. He's got nothing to do with old dirty Cummings, has he? You know what I mean? Get back to your own behaviours. I know, that's yeah. it. We were there saying, exactly. what's right, what's wrong? What's his first name? Dick? Dick Cummings? No, no uh, he was a. Uh, Father Willie Cummings. <laughs> That's even worse. He's, he's called it? himself that. Yeah, he? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Father Willie Cummings. <laughs> oh, dear me. That's- yeah. Not right. That's the, that's the most offensive thing in the whole thing. Exactly. It's not the yeah. horse-headed yeah, goblin. Yeah. It's this weird little guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bernie's church. So yeah, we we're supporters of the arts. That's what we're gonna do. Don't yeah. burn any churches. <laughs> I won't topple anything over. Oh, good lad. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about a short story by a guy called John W. Campbell Jr. Big name. Yeah. Short story. Short story, big name. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's a story called Who Goes There? Right? And it's so it's like a novella. So it's, it's, it's not a full book. It's, yeah. a, it's a short book. And I, I'm, I'm trying to find it, actually. I'd like to read so it. It's, yeah, it, yes, it's not a short story. It's longer it's a, than It's a bit book. longer, yeah. yeah it's yeah. a bit longer than a short story. So it's like, it's you know, it's a, it's a decent sort of size, really. Mm. And it's called Who Goes There? And it's, it's from his own life, right? And it's because his mother had an identical twin sister, right? But his auntie, right, didn't like him. And he was often unable to tell his mother from her twin. Oh, so you got a good woman, a bad woman. So, yeah, that's oh. it. So he'd walk into his house and you know, be like, he'd think his mum's there and it's not. It's this woman who hates him. Oh, no, that's mind-bending. And it... And it, it, it it's a thing that because it seemed to him it almost seemed 
sort of alien in a weird way. Yeah, I mean, it seemed yeah. alien, yeah, because it's like it was almost like an invasion of body snatches or something like that. That's what he kind of Ooh. felt like to him, you know. And as a result, he, he, he sort of started to do like another another story about it. And this one's called The Brain Stealers of Mars, right? <laughs> and that's what he decided to cool. do, you know. And this is sort of like um then after that he kind of moved on and he made another story about this sort of like a, like an alien which is sort of not noticeable, not you know you can't yeah. see it from any others. You know what I mean? It's like, and eventually it came into a nineteen seventy two horror movie, right, wow. with Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. Wow! Right, and it's called Horror Express. I've heard of it. I've never actually seen it. Yeah, yet. right. And it's actually Spanish production, is this right? Not Hammer. No, no, it's not. It's not a Hammer one, right? And and this Spanish production, right, cast Christopher Lee, uh, Christopher Lee as a scientist ex- escorting a missing link fossil recovered from a cave, right? <laughs> and the beast thaws out while it's taking a ride on the Trans-Siberian Express, oh, right? Oh, wow, yeah. And it not only can telepathically absorb the memories and knowledge of its victims, but it can hop from body to body as well. Wow, like the thing in it on a train. Sweet. It is the thing. <gasps> wow! The thing is based on who goes there. Oh, sweet. And, you know, brain stealers from Mars. Yeah, There's a direct yeah. thread running yeah, from the, the, the thing from another world. That's it, yeah. So yeah. that's the first film version of it. Yeah. After that, the next sort of loosely based film version is... Um, it is Horror Express, yeah, yeah, and then the one after that, of course, is the thing, the mighty thing, the wow. thing, one of the best movies of all I time love ever. It yeah. So much, and, so you know, much. and that's what this is. A, this is about really. It's sort of like it's um, because if you think about it as well, you don't know who's who in the people. I mean, who's dead yeah. and who's not. You're nothing. It's like a fantastic. That. It's like a film within a film within a film. Yeah, really, you know, they're just the mystery part of the thing. <clears> and he still really, you know, I've watched it hundreds of times. He still catches me. Yeah. Middle of Is it Childs? Is it what? You know? Well, I've heard that um, uh, Horror Express apparently is a little bit more light-hearted, a little bit not camp, but yeah, a bit slightly like goofy kind yeah, of sort yeah. of like take on it and things. But it's meant to be really good. Apparently, oh. some of the CGI is meant to be, uh, not CGI, the special effects yeah. and some of the deaths are meant to be pretty oh, good as well. Sweet. Especially so, them too. I love Cushing in uh, uh, Christopher Lee. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Did you know Vincent Price, Christopher Lee, and Peter Cushing? Um, They've almost share the same birthday. I think it's like fifteenth of May. One's like the fifteenth of May, sixteenth of May, that sort of thing. But they're all all three were within the. I don't know about the years. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it is the same years. I think it's different years. Yeah. You know. Um, my my favorite out of them all is uh, Peter Cushing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm a massive Peter Cushing fan. Oh, I'm just, right. Yeah, yeah. He just I just think he's so. He finessed his work so much more. Yeah. Christopher Lee's just cool. He's the coolest. Yeah, yeah. You know? You're right. With some of his um, his actual acting abilities, pushing what amazing. Yeah. You know, just looking back, skipping back now in my mind. Even I loved him with Sherlock Holmes. He did a great hand at basketballs. Really yeah, good. that's it. Um, but you're right. He's, don't you think he's a little bit like Grandma? Just <laughs> 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 I've always felt that. Yeah, I don't know. I always say looks like Grandma. Grandma looks like a bit of cushion Christmas. Yeah, it's impressive. You've Grandma going around hunting vampires and stuff like that. I probably could actually. But again, he, the thing I like with Peter Cushing was he could sort of transform himself into a baddie very easily. It's like yeah. when he's Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah. He he could make himself absolutely, you know, sinister and cold. Yeah. And yeah. Rich is this cruel kind of character, yeah, you know. Yeah. Yet then he'd be the warmest, gentlest guy. Yeah. 
Uh, and a terrible thing because he was absolutely 100% devoted to his wife. So oh, devoted. Bless him. And, and she, when she died, she died at, at home. Eventually, she, I think she had like a, a sort of bit of a long illness and he kind of nursed and looked after her. And then when he was so heartbroken when he died, he went out into the hall and ran up and down the stairs as fast as he could, hard as he could for as long as he could in the hope of inducing a heart attack so he could oh, die with her. Jesus. And it didn't happen. Just, just like, instead of committing suicide, just thinking, yeah. well, I'll just let my body... <clears> they <throat> yeah, just wanted to just break in, in, in an absolute fit of grief. They decided oh, man, to do that's, that. that's a really horrifying image, isn't it? Seeing him, you know, we yeah. know so well. Charging up and down the stairs. Yeah. And those stuff, last you know. final laps, and you're just kind of linking, I can't just, do yeah, it anymore. Yeah, just collapsing, like, you know what I mean? Oh, terrible, isn't it? That's yeah, really dark, yeah. But yeah, but so what we need to do, we need to find a copy of, like, John W. Campbell's book, Who Go? there oh, and see man. what the details are because I just think that in itself is so sinister the oh, idea of this chilled man. character that's in your house and just, he just gets your mum and you can't even trust your mum you're like one minute it's your mum and then next minute in it's the evil mum that's, that's, that's going to really fuck your head in that so apparently though the horror express though the film which is nothing we need to <laughs> apparently you can get it on YouTube wow so I'm watching that then yeah yeah, yeah so we'll have a watch of that and we'll yeah, come back yeah. to and see what we can see is um what elements you can see in that film that might yeah. have been expressed in in the thing oh, later on? Because I always watch if it's snowing, I watch the thing. If it's foggy, I watch the fog. You know, yeah. you know, really weird. Oh, it's raining. Watch Waterworld. There is Twilight. I've seen it. <laughs> but no, I think that's. Um, oh, there's something else I wanted to say about it then as well. Oh no, because um, like the thing, one of the big sort of say, the 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 one of find out don't the weather is it Childs that's and it. what's his name McRed- McReady uh, McReady McReady that's it Child, they're the only two left at the end yeah, of the yeah. spoiler alert yeah. but the, the conversation is then is which one of them what, is one of them the thing yeah, yeah. and uh, you know it's again I get to that point and it's a different one every time yeah. I think trying to get clues and little bits and I just go, I just think man it can't be Russell can it it's just too good you know yeah. I mean, that beard's too fine well apparently the, the only the, he won't say what Carpenter? Well, he, he won't say. He is. He says yes. One of them is the alien. Does he? Yeah. He has oh, confirmed that one of them is. Carpenter's so cool, man. He's a cool cat. I love him. Because one one aspect that hasn't been sort of like confirmed. He took the test into Dimitri, and he, yeah. sort of, he, he took the sort of heat test thing, and he, and he mm-hmm. passed it. But they did find all his clothes all kind of shredded up, didn't they? Well, that's later, isn't it? After yeah. that, so there's plenty of time for it all to go. Yeah, and apparently there's a load of time when Charles was missing, when they're actually sort of hunting for things. He went yeah. missing for ages, so you could, that's when... Mm. But then what they did do throughout, or they started to do it, but, but Carpenter actually abandoned this this technique. Yeah. It was meant to be like almost like a, like a light in the eye of whoever has the alien in wow, it. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And apparently right one of the last scenes is you just see... Uh, Kurt Russell turn, he's got the light in his eye. Jesus. But but when they've asked Carpenter about it, he says, no, 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 he says, that was a, st- we did yeah. want to do that, but we've abandoned it. Yeah. So it's either, it's either just coincidental or it's just, he was shot then, as meant to be as a bit of a hint, but it wasn't, it isn't the hint. So, but yeah. they, they basically don't know, nobody knows who oh, is the uh, alien. Oh, well done, Carpenter, with that, because it's, it's the final. I saw him live, um, like, doing all his music. Is it Goblin? Like, no, it was just him. And, all right. Oh, it might have been Goblin. And put his cap in it, and because that's like his house yeah, band, isn't it? His yeah, house band, band is Goblin. His, yeah. his son were there and everything, and they were playing through the tracks, and it was just magical. And showing like clips of films, and this massive cinema screen behind him, 
the place in Manchester really like beautiful old building that they've just renovated back to standards. You know what I mean? It was still fucked but great. Yeah. Um, but one of the highlights they started to do they live and they kind of got into Riff's area and they just went to an halt and they all stopped, went quiet and they all all at the same time they just put the dark glasses on. Oh and they just yeah. Just started to rock out again. You know, and like, oh wow. I love to see that. <laughs> and it's so old. Is it gone, baby? Live forever. Oh no, that. I mean, some of those John Carpenter movies. I don't. He's oh, not done a bum movie, has he? Has he? Has, yeah, just, those memories are like uh, Tackle Precinct Thirteen, and you know, man, there's just some good escape from New York. <laughs> <laughs> so what you need to do now is go. Everybody needs to go through the John Carpenter back catalogue. Yeah, we need to try, try and see uh, Horror Express. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course we need to be finding that book. Who goes there by John W. Campbell Jr. Yeah, so yeah. that that's true. In fact, as well, another one is because there's, uh, there's two books here, actually. I'm forgetting to mention one here. Yeah, right? yeah. So there's Brain Stealers from Mars. <laughs> that's cool. But the one I kept out because it was just so obvious. Right, was the book that he actually eventually ended up writing was called frozen hell and this saw a group of scientists in Antarctica uncover an alien that can absorb and perfectly duplicate any life form this literally chilling tale was later chopped down to become who goes there wow. so we've got like a we've got a few to hunt for there yeah, so I'm, I'm, what I'm going to do I'm going to do that later I'm going to go like see if I can find, find copies yeah. of all these things yeah. and then I'll get that to, to tell you I'm good there well done <laughs> As an important job, right? It's one of the most important jobs in the world, right? It, can you imagine that? You'd have to be yeah, sort of thing. It, as, well, what about the defence minister of Russia? Yeah, it's pretty up there. Yeah, you know, I mean, you've got a lot of responsibility. Yeah, You're the guy yeah. who's got basically you almost got your finger on the on the button there. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And he's he's come up with a new defence plan, or maybe a, a, an offence plan. And mm. so he's wanting like he's wanting an army. You know, he's got an army, but he's wanting a different army, right? right? And for some reason, this guy, right, Sergei Shoigu, or Shoigu, in an online session of the Russian Geographical Society last month, Shoigu, a close ally of Russian President Vladimir Putin, suggested using the DNA of 3,000-year-old Scythian warriors to potentially bring them back to life. What?! He wants to clone these crazed army, right? God, I've never even heard of them. Have you heard of them? Well, in a weird way, I kind of have. Right, so I'll give you a bit of background. The Scythian people who originally came from modern-day Iran were nomads who travelled around Eurasia between the 9th and 2nd centuries BC, building a powerful empire that endured for several centuries before finally being phased out by competitors. And two decades ago, Archaeologists uncovered the well-preserved remains of the soldiers in a Kurgan, or burial map, in the Tuva region of Siberia. Now, have you ever heard of a Kurgan before? Yeah, um, I've <laughs> out, out, not Outlander, Highlander. The yes. Kurgan. Who's the woman? <laughs> She's mine. <laughs> Well, what it seems like is there's a theoretical race of people with the Kurgans. Oh. And the they think they were there. Yeah. But there's a good chance the Scythian people are the Kurgans. 
These, these warriors here. Ah. So basically, you think of the Kurgan. He's wanted to clone an army of three thousand old Kurgans. Man. So it, what happens if he successfully does it? It's just gonna be mental, isn't it? That big dude fucking lopping off heads and. But that. full army of them. Oh my god. Can you imagine? That's that? insane. Unless if it goes wrong, they all turn into Mr. Crab. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the same voice. It's the same voice. Yeah, well done. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so it's. I don't know what he wants to do with these people. I don't know why he decided he wants these amazing warriors. But the, the you can't just make them, though. You know about implanting old DNA and just letting innocent women and stuff. I don't. Know, I don't. Well, they're the looking. I mean, this is actually PCC by Caroline Delbert from Popular Mechanics. So I'm not going to read all this one because it starts going to the spindle proteins, donor nucleus, Ooh. all this sort of stuff. He goes deep diving. But he's out. serious about doing that. He seems to be. Yeah. Fucking it seems to. Because the thing is, as well, what it is. Because the area where he's from is actually the Tuvat region of Siberia. Right. So basically, to sort of bury these warriors, uh, they kind of had to do it. The, the, looks like they've dug in the permafrost to do it. Right. So it's basically what they've done is they've dug down, buried them. Oh, it's like an above ground mound, it's a burial right. mound. That's what a Kurgan is. But because it's well, they've buried them, they're frozen, they're perfectly preserved. Wow. So the actual DNA is in extremely high quality, right? Yeah. But it, it's more difficult than it looks because you know like Dolly the Sheep yeah, was called, yeah. right? it took them 277 attempts to get a viable embryo to do Dolly wow. the Sheep now we have moved on a hell of a long way from there now yeah, yeah. but to clone other mammals is one thing but the hardest thing is to, to clone is primates yeah, so, yeah. which of course we are a primate yeah, yeah. really difficult to do when, I do, I'm, when we turn out oh yeah they've done it they've obviously done it We, I, I think they probably have but there's a yeah. good possibility that they haven't yeah. Not properly done it yet. Yeah, it hasn't worked fully. Yeah, so really you know, you horrible humanoid beast thing. Yeah, you know, well, no, I don't think, I don't know how far they managed to get it to. Yeah. It might be the case they've got it to like an embryonic stage and sort of said, yeah, it's viable and then destroyed it, or who knows what they've made in these labs, you know. But I don't know what, to what end would you clone a Scythian army? What would you do, use them for? Well, they'll take over the world, what? That's what he's after. Yeah, but they've got nuclear weapons. Well, you can't use them because everybody gets fried, don't they? You need like a marching old school army really to do of it. Nuts. You, yeah. But they've got a good chance, they say that dude on beach with his little Scotch egg that's been in <laughs> underground. Yeah. They've got frozen plums of these guys. Yeah, yeah they? they've got the full jewels out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <they're> not <laughs> <laughs> so who knows? I, I quite like that. I like the idea somehow. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's a cool idea. but Good just film like, idea. Yeah, it's in it, absolutely. <laughs> But what, I mean, it's just worrying when you get like a Russia guy like sort of importance coming up with these ideas. Yeah, that like, is worrying. Yeah, really that's worrying. it. Just really, really odd is that. Just, so, you know, calm your passions. I think. Calm your, and it costs something. It's going to cost. Yeah, it's insane. Get, you yeah. know, get your house in order, mate. Get your stuff. Your, your priorities ready. You know, <laughs> bloody Vlad. I slammed him off before. Don't worry. <laughs> they haven't got me yet. <laughs> That's the thing though, what I don't like about vapes is that because people can just vape all the time. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> <laughs> only like point three, but it's just like it's just I love smoking, it's just fucking beautiful. Little kicks. And when you get popcorn one. They're on the big dirty. Really fucking this is not like one of them other chuffers, you know what I mean? And the 
producing it in like one of them oh, tougher things. Fuck my lungs up, did when I when I burned. I just in no time at all, like, ugh. and right. it took maybe six seven months for it to get right. Well, I just fine. <laughs> Full fucking butter kiss. <laughs> <laughs> stay down on the Asian continent for this one round, you know what I mean? Mm. So I think that's, a, although that's the top end of the Asian yeah, continent. Yeah, big place, continent, isn't it? Yeah. All rusky. It is, it's a big place, so we're going to go down the bottom part, right? But um, we could talk about a guy called Yasuki, right? Mm. Yasuki, I find him a very interesting person, right? And he was, uh, he, he was, um, Yasuki's life, and this is from Sean Kernan for Medium magazine. Right? We're going to actual country, or? Sorry? Have we got an actual country? Oh, we will have. We oh, will have. Right. Be patient, you. <laughs> so, Yasuki's life began in the complicated arms of human conflict. And it was Mozambique in the oh. mid-1550s. Oh, right? Right. So, warring tribes were encroaching upon each other's lands in an ongoing struggle for resources and power. And a byproduct of this fighting, which a lot of people don't know about this, mm. was a continuation of a long and tragic chapter of African history. The selling of captives into slavery. So what they do is they talk go to war with each other, and whoever won yeah. would take the other side who won't dead would take them captive. God. But then they thought, well, we've got these guys. What we're going to do? I know what we'll do. We'll sell them to the English and stuff like oh, this, or okay. whoever it is who's yeah, you know yeah. the who wants, uh, who wants slaves, right? Now thousands of miles east, right? Uh, Japan was at odds with China during the silk trade forbidding Chinese merchants from landing on their shores. Mm -hmm. So that was when it became the closed-off country, did, uh, did um, Japan. Japan at the time, yeah. you know. But European traders saw this as an opportunity to begin a very lucrative silk business, acting as an intermediary between the two. <laughs> so they were buying the silk from China, yeah. bringing it to Japan and trading it there, you know. But in his early teens, Yasuki was sold to European merchants, marketed on his physical prowess and mental acuity. And he landed in servitude of a Jesuit missionary, Alessandro Valignano, right? Who intended to spread his faith to mainland Japan. So Yusuke was to be Valignano's assistant and bodyguard during this journey. Ooh, big lad there. So they spent several years in southern Japan, where missionaries maintained a foothold. However, their arrival in Kyoto, Japan, would create chaos. <laughs> As Valignano and Yasuki rode into the city with their small caravan, masses of people gathered around, transfixed by Yasuki's appearance. And many had never seen a man with black skin before. Right, yes. <laughs> and additionally, and because the Buddha is often depicted with dark skin, some saw him as a holy figure. So the commotion in the streets escalated with people getting injured as they clambered to catch a glimpse of Yasuki and touch him. And this unrest eventually reached the regional warlord, Oda Nobunaga, right? And which, uh, amazing guy this guy is. is absolutely, yeah, yeah, he's absolutely rock solid, yeah. yeah. Who demanded to meet Yasuki. Now this right. area with uh, Oda Nobunaga, right, it's uh, this is the Battle for Japan. I don't know if you've seen it, it's like the Samurais, Rise of the Samurai. Ooh, it's on no. Netflix. All right, yeah. Oh, it's the best thing on Netflix. Ooh, it's juicy. amazing. Is it? Yeah, it's oh, it like brilliant. A, a series or is it like a one-off? No, it's a series. Wow. Uh, but it's got Stephen Turnbull. 
right? <laughs> and Stephen Turnbull is one of the better, the so Europe's highest sort of like uh, knowledges on um, uh, on the Japanese. Oh. And he's wrote. I've got a couple of his books. Yeah. Uh, but he also he's from Horsforth. Ian Turnbull's dad. Yes. Oh man, that's just because his dad. Was, I remember him rocking up to school in a full Japanese outfit. And it was yeah. like, fuck, that's this. About to six. And he's on it. He's on. He's, he's, he's one of the talking heads, as in discussing wow. it. He's one of the most important people on the show. He's one a couple of year older than me, a year younger than you. Isn't he? Yeah, that's right. And then yeah. it was Richard Turnbull in my year. Yeah. Jeez, his dad was super cool, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really, really cool. And he's and on. He was, he was really nice. Lad was Stephen as yeah, well. Yeah, good, good, good lads. The whole family, lovely family yeah, of Turnbulls. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so Stephen Turnbull's actually there. Oh, on it. so he's took over his mantle from his dad and got Oh, no, right. no, 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 Stephen Turnbull, he's the guy. Ah, he's the God, dad. wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so he's actually on it talking about his subject. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's a bit like Brian Blessed, wasn't he? Yeah, you know he's mean? got like, that vibe, yeah, you know. Yeah. So I highly recommend that. It's oh, like Battle for Japan, I'll it's The Rise of the Samurai. That's, you've got to watch it. He's, he's just the best. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, Oda, uh, Oda Nobunaga... He was there. In, yeah. He's in that show, and this is who who we're talking about here yeah, as well, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, and and he demanded to meet Yasuki. So upon meeting him, Oda Nobunaga was in awe of Yasuki. In the years since entering slavery, Yasuki had grown into a powerfully built man, who stood roughly six foot two, and this was in significant contrast to the average sixteenth-century Japanese man. Most were slight of build and closer to five foot two. Or well, a full foot higher. Yeah, wow. but built like a brick shithouse yeah. as well, you know what I mean? <laughs> and Oda was also caught off guard by Yasuki's ability to speak Japanese, which he'd learned in his time with the missionaries. Cool. Right, so not only Handy. is he hard, yeah. he's incredibly intelligent. Yeah, yeah. So remarkably, Oda didn't believe that Yasuki was actually black at first, and believing it was ink... He ordered him to strip to his waist and scrub his skin with a sponge to prove it. <laughs> I was getting a bit of sexy time. Yeah, which he did. <laughs> but while one would think this experience sowed eternal animosity towards Oda, it would very much become the opposite. Oda ordered Yasuki to be turned over to him. Wow. The missionary Valignano had zero power in the protesting, and as Oda was the most powerful warlord in all of Japan. Right. And it was at some point during this time that Yasuki actually got the name Yasuki. Um, prior to this, the historians believe his name might have been Yasufi, yeah, right? Yeah. But this hasn't been confirmed. Yeah. So while under Oda's command, Yasuki was given money, weapons, and training in the way of the samurai. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Six foot two powerhouse. And eventually, after proving remarkably effective with weapons, he was given the title of samurai. Which had been oh. given, which had never been given to a non-Japanese person. Yeah, screw you, Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the thing. So he became the first wow. black samurai. Oh, that's it. <laughs> Where's the film? Giant as well. Oh, wow. That's it. What a film it made. Man, this man, what it was a story. Panning them all on battlefield and that. God. Yasuki then served in Kyoto as Oda Nobunaga's personal bodyguard and was a formidable opponent. The very thing that had drawn him into slavery, his sharp mind and physical ability, had translated well into combat. And in turn, he had top-class privileges and was able to dine with Oda's family and was treated as fellow kin. But a terrible civil war was raging in Japan and feudalism was at its peak, with neighbouring states all vying for dominance. And the ongoing conflict would become part of Yasuki's life as he fought for Oda, 
who despite being a powerful daimyo, which is warlord, right, struggled to consolidate power in the region. And through all of this, Yasuki was a favourite of Oda, always at his side and considered a friend who he confided in and carried on conversations with. In Oda, Yasuki found significance and respect, something that had eluded him for so long. And for that, he was ready to lay his down, life down for the man. In, a, in 1582, both took part in a large invasion in the local mountains, with as many as 40,000 soldiers involved. God, incredible. All that armour and stuff. It's just incredible, isn't it? And Yasuki never suffered a major injury in this battle or others. That's how Jesus. hard he was against other trained samurai. You think about arrows and stuff. He's a big target, isn't he? Yeah. You know what I mean? In fact, he made quick work of those who challenged him and was a feared opponent. And ultimately, this invasion failed and Oda's army retreated. Three months later, Oda's quest to consolidate Japan came crashing down as his allies betrayed him, storming his castle. Yasuki would fight until the end, brawling outside of Oda's chambers, cutting down enemies, but he was unable to save his warlord. Oda would commit ritual suicide, seppuku, to avoid losing his honour. Yasuki was taken captive. Oh, he lives on! But only temporarily. His captors didn't have a use for him and saw him as alien from the culture. Additionally, he was a ronin, a masterless samurai. Well, they let him go. So they released him. <gasps> oh, this is this is like the second film, isn't it? You know what I mean? <laughs> but from here, Yasuki returned to the church of his original missionaries. Little is known about the remainder of his life as he was no longer tracked by Japanese scholars. It is presumed that his life was much calmer avoiding the ongoing warfare that permeated the region. Feudal Japan evokes beautiful imagery of rising mountains, curving architecture and grand battles. And it's incredible to imagine that among their ranks, an African slave thrived, <laughs> earning respect as a warrior, living free in a land that couldn't have felt further from home. He was the first non-Japanese samurai and a very competent one at that. And if ever there was a truth about Yasuki, like the generations of subjugated Africans before and after him, he was a survivor. Yeah, like you said, what a story. Just, you know, even about battles and stuff, just seeing that journey. And, my God, that's fascinating. It's great, isn't it? Brilliant. Where's the film? I know, we want to, <laughs> there should be a film of that. There should be Absolutely. no two ways about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it should be, and as well, once you've watched that series that I'm talking about, yeah. you'll see the sweeping vistas and things that are going on and... It's a time in history that's so beautiful and yeah. shocking and, and, and brutal. Yeah, mindlessly. Yeah, it's the, we're cold, rather mindlessly. It was just it was yeah. the coldness of it, of, yeah. of to say you know honor and you know, and even that the idea of actually committing seppuku. I know. God, that's always made me feel sick when you know you, you show oh, it in movies and yeah. that. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I highly recommend you watch that series, oh, you know, Battle for Japan. Yeah, um, you know, and and look up Stephen Turnbull's books. They're freely yeah. available. They're still out there on oh, Amazon. Oh, that's this like, that. like proper up books about because that were at primary schools. A turn, I can see it clearly. In you know, like you want the sunny Easter days, but he was still gleaming in this outfit. This proper, you know, he's like a barrel in it. Yeah. You know I mean, he just looks so mental and alien and powerful. It Super brilliant cool. Moment, yeah, absolute brilliant moment. <laughs> oh, well, that's fantastic. Good story, our kid. <laughs> <laughs>
be a being a samurai is no guaranteed way to live uh, a long life, mm, is it? You know yeah, what I mean. So yeah. I think Yasuki there, I think he got away with uh, got away with it, didn't he? he oh, it looks wow. like he managed to live a long and happy life. Well, survive, like what said. an adventure, yeah. But there's uh, there is actually a few tips that you can get from really old people as to what they uh, how they live long. You know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I can't go through them all because some of them are great. It's like one of them they just like drink wine and smoke fags. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, yeah, it's really, I've yeah. seen that. But Australia's Dexter Kruger, which is quite the name, isn't mm -hmm. it? As well, uh, he's, uh, he's he's over 111 years old now, right? So that is mega old, isn't yeah. it? You know, and he, he eats something. He likes to eat something, which, which he says makes him sort of I don't know. That's what the secret to his long life is. Raw squid. Oh, raw squid's a good shout. That's a good good one. Is that? So retired cattle rancher Dexter Kruger has marked 124 days since he turned at 111. This is from the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, this story, right? Yeah. Mr Kruger told the Australian Broadcasting Corporation in an interview at his nursing home in the rural Queensland state town of Roma that a weekly poultry delicacy has contributed to his longevity. Chicken brains. Oh. You know, chickens have a head. And in there, there's a brine. And they are delicious things, Mr. Kruger said. There's only one little bite. That's it. He just puts down eating chicken brains. Mm, you're not going to get a lot of brain in a chicken head, are you? No. And Mr. Kruger's 74-year-old son, Greg, credits his father's simple outback lifestyle for his long life. Nursing home manager Melanie Calvert said Mr. Kruger, who is writing his autobiography, is probably one of the sharpest residents there. Right? The oldest ever verified Australian was Christina Cook, who died in 2002, aged 114. So he's got a little way to go. Yeah, he's got a little way to go, yeah, but you know, he might make it. It's usually women live longer than men, don't yeah, they? True. But he's been eating chicken brains. I wonder what? why he does it weekly. I don't know. He has oh, weekly. It's a weekly thing. And the idea that they've. He's saying they've got a head. He's telling us they've got a head, which we, we know. And inside of that, And if you think of a chicken, right, you, you go through all around a chicken what you're going to eat, right? Yeah, yeah. You've got the, I, mean, I personally, my favourite, I like a chicken thighs. Do you? I'm not, no, legs and all that sort of, not like, <laughs> 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 that's what it is, I like, isn't it, at the bottom, but no, I'm just breast, I like my breast. Oh, chicken thighs are it for me, I love yeah. it, I love it, oh yeah, oh god, so much tastier. Oh, yeah. But no, I love it, in anything, a bit cheaper than chicken breasts as well, which is nice. Sort of that last like salt chicken. Chicken feet, doesn't she? Oh. <laughs> it's disgusting. You ask her, she'll have chicken brains. Oh, I bet she will. I'll ask her tonight with that. Uh, she, she uses my bloody fingernail clip, clippers to cut the nails on the feet. You know, basically, no. her and her mate will get them all from market, right? Cheap, and they'll spend the afternoon clipping all the nails off the back <gasps> it. Then they start boiling it. Oh, the fried ones mate. aren't that bad, but the boiled ones are disgusting. But they're all pale and rubbery. They are, and they all. all Gel gelatin. Oh, the gob I can't be in the kitchen when they're gobbling it up. The noise is. Do they put sauce on it or something? There's loads of sauce and stuff like chilies are everywhere, and I, I can't get that out of the room. absolutely revolting. But they're doing me now. They want that. Ah, it's not a chicken shit. Dirty, no, I can't handle it. Oh man, that's mm. horrible. Yeah. Chicken brain. It can't be big, can they? No, it's not. Be tiny little thing. So what, what, a what big bowl of them. Yeah, but no, I think you just don't. Well, I don't know. Oh my god, what a thawing bowl of chicken brains! Oh, a little brain. They're just popping them in like sweets. Yeah. They're like water, about the size of a walnut water, something oh, like that. God, the cat tastes nice. Maybe it does. God knows. Well, 
It won't, will it? It's just this. This is what these weird old blokes are like, aren't they? They're getting at something a bit odd. I've heard that brain. You know, you always think like you could get a brain in your hand, and it well, you know, it's supposed to be a lot more jelly-like. Yeah, than you that's think, it. Yeah, it's not like mean? a big hard rubbery thing, yeah. is it? Sometimes they they practice on swarthiger. You know, when they're, they're doing brain surgery, it's a bit of a thing they do. You know, really? They, yeah, but I don't know if it's true, but that's what I've heard. You know, the consistency, the the look at it is so, you know, so, not so liquidy. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah, that liquidy that they're looking at that. Like, God, I don't know. I, don't, I, I find it very disturbing. I don't know. They did once find like a, a, a French guy. Mm. Um, I think it was in the seventies or something like this. And he'd been sort of like complaining of headaches and stuff like this. And, and when they when they sort of did him did scans and things like this. They discovered that just about the entirety of his head was filled with water. Whoa. And his brain basically was the main ganglia at the back that comes off the spine. There was just a few bits and bats coming off of it, but yeah. it was the majority of his head was just like water. They thought, oh, oh let's not drill into that, you know yeah, what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah. it all comes out and he just. <laughs> it's like, you know, have you ever done a first aid call? No. No, I've done a couple, and, you know, they say, like, uh, if, if someone's brain head really bad. And it's straw-coloured juice coming out <gasps> of here. <laughs> That's brain juice. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to do a first day oh. anymore. I'm like, no, stay away from it. <laughs> That's foul. <laughs> it's gross, isn't it? Oh, my God, no, no. I'm, really, I'm really funny with things mm. like the brain. And yeah, things like I am. That, you know, I don't like... want to think about it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. oh, your heart beating. I don't want to think about it. Just no. Do your job. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just crack on, lad. <laughs> Somebody offering a potential first sponsor. Give up, have we? Yeah, I've been contacted by somebody uh, for, for this particular business, right? <laughs> and they want to. They said that if we sort of like, we can sign up to be a spot uh, and have them as a, as a no sponsor. No way, we at the yeah. big time. Well, I'm not, I'm not sure about big time yet, right? <laughs> because what we want to do really is, is, I'm going to look into this and potentially we will see if it's real or not. If it's fucking rubber asses, I will fall off my chair. <laughs> <laughs> Sex asses. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll, I'll send you the message. So, because we've got to sign together, you see, we're going to have a, have a sponsor for the podcast, right? He goes, he goes. This is from Rachel Oliver, and she says, "Hello, I work with Smooth My Balls, right? <laughs> and they are looking for podcasters and content creators to work with them. Who will send you out a unit, a review unit, and give you a special code to share on social media, where you will earn commission every time your code is used." <laughs> Please message Smooth My Balls as soon as possible to get started. Just <laughs> get all that in the Rusky scams or something. Is that straight? What is Smooth My... Wait a minute, what is Smooth My Balls? That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, the way it took you so long to get there. They are hair removal stuff for your nuts. Cool, because I do shave my nuts, you know what I mean? <laughs> And I'm all, yeah, they're a big veiny pair. They're a big veiny pair. And I'm doing it thinking, if I go wrong here and hit a jugular. Well, what they say here is that they smooth my balls, never nip your sack again. Mate, this, I'm all over it. Right, here we go then. We'll, we'll go for this. Yeah, then. let's go for it. All right, smooth balls. So we're looking for the uh, for the different types. So there's the, there's the, there's the, there's the turf <laughs> chopper 3.0. Right? <laughs> 
<laughs> that's what it looks like. There's the turtle. Wow. It's a good. That's 80, 79 euros, is that? So that's pretty good, isn't it's it? Worth it for smooth balls. And they don't have a shopping bag, they say add to sack. <laughs> <laughs> no basket there. Yeah. Add to sack. So that's 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 a bit of a popular one, is that right? So yeah. you can go, it's a turf turf chopper three point zero. So let's see what other other products we've got on here. We have one. We have the um, the pube muncher one point zero. The pube muncher. Do we have a look at the pube muncher? Yes, please. I don't know how the hell this works, but that's it there. Wow, what an interesting bit of kit. Yeah, it's, it's a weird looking thing, it's isn't like it? It's a little square, chumpy mouth thing. Wow. So I don't know what I don't know where it works, really. I'm not too sure. But I mean, like I said, they might send us a unit out. I'll look into it and see if uh, see if we can get that. Yeah, I'll get my balls out if it gets us some money, mate. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, this, I think this does. I think this sort of eats up, so it's, it, it's, it, it hoovers up pubes out at sink. So All once, right, once you give yeah. yourself a bit of a trim, look, there you go, look, that's what it seems to be doing. Jesus. It's like a little mini vacuum for That's you really good. Yeah, cropping up, you, you get, gets all your pubes up. That's how heady, I'm quite a smooth guy, you know what I mean? You just think, jeez, how, how puby are some people? Uh, well, it depends, I suppose, doesn't it? Let's have a look at these ones. There's all one called uh, hedge clippers, and that's like a little male grooming set. You like tweezers and little sort of scissors and male nice, clippers and stuff like yeah. that. actually looks quite a nice little set, does that look at that? That's, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's that's, that's, yeah. that's the future, is that? <laughs> I don't know what the I don't know what a sack mat is. Let's have a look at what a sack mat is. <laughs> You're a sack mat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is mad. The sack mat. So what are you doing when you sort yourself out? You stand on this special mat. That is summer. Now that that's is that idea, is clever because yeah. that's summer I have come across before. If you Can don't you imagine having all this stuff though, just for your balls. <laughs> But it's true though, even when I'm doing my beard, I ain't got anything underneath it when I'm doing it in mirror, so it goes yeah. all up floor. And if you do pubes as well, it becomes it does become a problem. A pubic right. problem. A pubic problem. And that has answered my prayers. There we go, so I'll tell you what, I will look into that. Yeah, look into I'll, get... I'll do all that, mate. I'll get them out. I'm not, I'm not shy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see them. Well, you don't have to look, do you? You, know I mean? you said you'll get them out. <laughs> <laughs> to those who want to look. <laughs> Oh, wow, online. So keep we'll, so we'll we'll see what happens there. We might be able to post pictures of Ben's knackersack. <laughs> What's a pair of plums they have? Oh, shiny! I'll see you eat your dinner off them. <laughs> Time. Oh, not that time already. It's that time already. <laughs> <laughs> Fred, so here we are. We've been, I've been sort of looking across the sort of like the, the heathlands, across yeah. the, the shore there of the Kraken Cove. Like the Heather, the colour of Heather is beautiful. That's not that's not Heather, that, that's uh, discarded novelty Johnny's. No, no. Told them to take them all the mucky Dirty bastards, you know, mucky old pair of knickers stuck in a bush. <laughs> <laughs> You know, hopefully now they've all gone, we'll get the actual wild birds come back yeah. in, you know, the gillymots, the gannets and the puffins and stuff, oh, you know, get all those little lads back, you yeah, know what I mean, because you know, they're not going to be able to sort of like come and nest on the shores with that lot going on. Exactly, you know, we've been mating, watching us lot mating. No, horrible, horrible scenes. Bloody slapping and a groaning. Oh, no. Robo Pete doing oh. that, that horrific act. Oh, <laughs> terrible. Size of him, though. 
Oh, I can believe it. I was like a bloody chair leg, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Grey chair leg. (laughs) Pete. So we've got one last story here, right? And this is from uh, USA Today by Ashley May. And it says, a three-year-old who was missing for days in the wilderness, right? Says a bear watched over him. Wow. After him, right? So a three-year-old boy who was found alive in the woods of eastern North Carolina. How's that work, eastern North Carolina? Oh, that's really strange. Yeah, it's eastern Carolina. Oh, northeast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, After he went missing for two days, said he'd spent time with a bear. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Casey Hathaway disappeared last Tuesday. He had been playing with two other children in his grandmother's yard in Ernal, North Carolina, according to Craven County Sheriff Chip Hughes. Yeah, man. (laughs) Thursday, Casey was found calling for his mother about a quarter of a mile away, 40 to 50 yards deep into the woods. He was soaking wet, cold and tangled in thorn bushes. Hughes said rescuers waded through nearly waist-deep water to get to the toddler. And how did he get there and how did he survive? That's the question. And he says... He hung out with a bear for two days, is what Aunt Brianna Hathaway shared in a now private Facebook post. But she didn't say whether the bear was real or imagined. Now, who's she to say? I'm mm. sure the kid said I hung out with a bear yeah. for two days, you know. His aunt called her nephew's safety a miracle and said, God sent him a friend to keep him safe. Oh, Always straight up. And there's the bear, right? Yeah. Doing his thing. Oh, a little kid there. Bloody yeah. better keep an eye on him. Yeah. yeah. For God. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Might be a satanic bear. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> An atheist bear. <laughs> An agnostic, agnostic bear. Yeah. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know. What does it mean? I think it's a... Uh, um, doesn't really care what oh, right. it's cool. it's ambivalent. Yeah, yeah. It's not not bothered. Yeah, right, yeah, that's cool. right, yeah. So Casey's mother gave authorities the same report. They had a friend in the woods that was a bear, Sheriff Hughes told USA Today. Hughes said bears are common in the area, but he thought the comment was more cute than factual. So Ooh, that's a bit weird as well. Cute about that, is it? In an update on Casey's case, the Craven County Sheriff's Office shared a photo of Casey alongside a photo of a bear. With a Bible verse from Matthew 18. Oh, Jesus. He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. Uh, why why do they have to go like this all the time? No. So the investigation into his disappearance is ongoing, but there were no signs of an abduction. That's what they're saying, you know. The FBI, along with a host of local departments and volunteers, searched for the boy amid heavy rain, temperatures in the mid-twenties, and strong winds. So it's really bad weather there, you know. And aside from a few scratches, Casey was found in good health and was reunited with his family. And his family said he was in good spirits, eating Cheetos and watching Paw Patrol. Oh, <laughs> Sounds pretty decent after this. Yeah. So Chip Hughes says, The kid was strong. He was meant to survive. He's got a story to tell. Yeah, I was somebody told us it. We were the fucking bear for two days. <laughs> <laughs> that's the story. We were a big gay bear. <laughs> Maybe so. That's it. We were a twink, <laughs> a big gay bear, and a leather man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can help looking after a little kid, exactly. making sure he's all right. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, authorities are coming. Better run off. No, no, scamper. scamper off. <laughs> scamper off back into the woods. <laughs> big hot spot. Yeah. God, imagine if he's real though, and a bear has been looking after him. 
Well, that's sort of beyond belief in a way, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know what he'd be, maybe be, he might be just hanging about. I mean, it's like you see animals, don't you? you sort of see little kids and sort of care for them. It's like you see like a, a, a kid fall into a gorilla enclosure quite yeah, often, like yeah. a gorilla will get sort of like, like yeah, and sort of, sort of look out for it a little bit. So I think he's possible. It's funny, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like I say, it's so unthreatening to bear, bears full. It's not going to come yeah, out. Yeah, maybe it may be season. You know, I'm not sure whether you see him as food or not. But little kid, though, three days, like sleeping on its own and stuff. That's awful, isn't it? Yeah. No, no. Oh, wet and damping. What three year old? All covered in brambles and thorns and things. God I'll get caught him, up. Man. Yeah, but he's, uh, he survived. I, I like to think there was a bear looking out for him. Yeah, there, I do. Big gay bear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And fuck all to do with God. <laughs> <laughs> God doesn't like big gay bears. No, he doesn't. Apparently. <laughs> but secretly he does. Yeah, because <laughs> he's one. <laughs> yeah, big gay bear in the sky. <laughs> Gay God! Gay God! <laughs> <laughs> Thunder and lightning just blinds us both. <laughs> right, anyway, our kid, it's time to pack up, get home, <laughs> fuck off out of it. Yeah, let's go home. <laughs> so it's a big bye bye from Matt. Uh, it's a bigger bye bye from Benny. Take <laughs> care, you. guys. See ya. God, we know some shit, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> There are three ways you may contact Kraken Cove. Either by email at podcast at gmail.com On Twitter at Kraken Cove Or Instagram at Kraken Cove Pod. Ha ha!